Welcome to episode 22 of the CPA Exam Experience podcast from Superfast CPA. I'm Nate, and in today's interview, you'll hear me talk with Saha. She is a Superfast CPA customer and now a CPA. In this interview, like the other ones before it, we cover a lot of extremely helpful information. And after each episode, when I go back through and edit it and re-listen to it, I just think, man, this is the this is the best one we've done so far. So I kind of think that about all of them. So if you haven't, take time to listen back to the previous interviews that we've done with our other customers. But also, since you're listening now, make sure and listen to this entire thing. This one, like the others, I feel especially this one will be very helpful for test day tactics or strategies on test day. But at the same time, we also talk through some big picture ideas or how your daily study process translates to success on test day. And I don't just mean by knowing or understanding the material. That part of it is obvious. You need to understand the material to a certain degree, of course, to be able to answer the questions. But time management plays a huge factor, especially with the simulations. And then, you know, if you're a super fast CPA customer, you have access to our strategy videos. We talk about that in the videos a lot, how the best thing you can do for the simulations on test day is get really good at and fast at answering multiple choice questions. You will hear Sala and I talk about that uh, in a number of different ways and just how how much of an impact that actually has on test day. So as far as three specific things to listen for in this interview, it would basically be that, that would be the first one, how the importance of timing on multiple choice questions is for the simulations on test day. And then how simulations, one, one really good point that she makes in this interview is that the simulations are different than multiple choice questions because they take a decent amount of time to actually sit there just to figure out or understand what the simulation is even really asking or what the right way to fill out all the boxes on the simulation is. And so if you're behind schedule or you took too long on the multiple choice questions and you're panicking, you're behind, you're freaking out, you can't even effectively do that process. And so if you can't figure out what the simulation is really asking, you're obviously way behind the eight ball on the simulation in general. And then the third thing to listen for, you will hear her describe how she struggled with two of the sections. Two of them were easy for her and then two of them were more of a struggle. And really what the big change was that allowed her to pass the two that she struggled with was more of a big picture type thing. And we specifically mention it, so listen for that. The other thing that you will hear her mention is when she first came across Superfast CPA, she watched our free one-hour training. What that is, it's a free one-hour training where we go over our study process that we teach to our clients and customers that's a much more efficient and effective way of using your current review course, just using it slightly differently and getting much better results. That's in webinar format. We do it most days of the week. To see the upcoming times and register for a free session of these trainings, you can go to superfastcpa.com slash passnow, or you can just text the word passnow as one word to 44222, and we will send you a link to register for an upcoming session. So all that being said, let's get into this interview with Sala. 
Well, so let's, uh, so basically what I do on these is I just have some questions that'll just kind of guide us through your whole study experience and everything. Um, and then, yeah, through that, we just kind of get the whole story. So have you taken, is that your first section? No, FAR was actually my last section. Um, Oh, nice. So you're all done then. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. So how did that go? Did you have problem or, uh, not problems, but you you passed the other three fairly easily. And then FAR was like, you kind of ran into issues with FAR. Is that kind of how it went? I passed reg and BEC, no problem. And, um, I guess that gave me a little bit too much confidence because I kind of hit a snag with audit and maybe I underestimated audit a little bit because I felt like reg and BEC were pretty easy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but audit, I had to take a couple of times before I passed. And when I passed, that's, I actually found your review course. And so I was just kind of Googling and seeing what other candidates did who had gotten stuck on FAR. And that's when I came across super fast CPA. So I ended okay. up using your, your, uh, your written notes mm-hmm. and I, you know, went through your notes and I read it and I rewrote them and, as I was doing additional multiple choice question. And then I was able to pass audit. I think on the third time I passed audit. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And what were, what uh, review course were you using? Like from the beginning, Wiley? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Wiley. Okay. Well, let's just kind of start at the beginning. What, what was your daily process just starting with uh, reg and BEC that ended up working for you and, in the beginning? So for reg, I would get up early, which I think was definitely a game changer. I'm not a morning person, but I do feel like I retain so much more when I first get up in those first couple of hours. So I was waking up early to do reg and BEC. And I would just kind of go, I went through the software the way they would, they had all the lessons laid out. And I did do it the traditional way. I know um, you kind of have an alternate way, but I did listen to the lectures, take notes, do the multiple choice. And I just kept, I scheduled, I studied quite a bit of time for them. I'd say I probably did six weeks for reg, five weeks for BEC. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take the exam until I really felt like I was ready and I really understood the concepts. I think um, for audit, I was taking it, it kind of went into uh, Q3 for me, which was going into the busy season. And mm-hmm. so I was rushed for that one. So I think my initial prep was, thrown off because I was trying to work and also study at the same time. And I wasn't able to really dedicate and focus the way I was with reg and BEC, which I had taken earlier in the year. And it's also slower for me then. Yeah. So. Okay. And so, uh, so you got through BEC and reg fairly, maybe not easily, but you didn't really have any issues with it. And then uh, you kind of just followed the same process for audit. And then after you found out you had failed audit, what did you, what did you do differently or kind of what were you forced to do differently when you went back and, you know, had to retake your retake audit? So I went back and I just started doing multiple choice by section. Mm -hmm. Um, and that didn't cut it because I still failed the second time. And okay. so I think 
on it, I think I was just at a loss for because I really didn't understand the structure of the financial statements, the flow of them, what really went into them. I think in hindsight, I should have done financial first because a big struggle with audit was, you know, when they were asking, you know, audit procedures when it came to certain, you know, accounts receivable, accounts payable, certain types of accounts. And I really didn't understand how exactly that was put together in order to even know how to audit them. Right. So I think okay. I I think that was a big part of my struggle with audit because once I take I mean I was studying for audit and I was also studying for financial at one point and as I was studying for financial a lot of things for audit started to click and I think that also helped me pass audit. I know you don't recommend studying two parts at once. <laughs> well, yeah, but did you run into the, uh, I'm guessing part of the reason you did that was, did you run into the issue with the testing centers closing down because of COVID? Is that part of what this, happened? Well, I've actually been on the journey for quite a bit. So this, we're talking this, like this audit was happening last year. For oh, okay. Me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, um, I was kind of doing my schedule, my study schedule around my busy season. Mm-hmm. And so I was just trying to get in as much as possible and pass as soon as possible, really, because I really just wanted to wrap this up. But I think just trying to rush through it, you know, did a disservice ultimately, as opposed yeah. to planning and having a structured schedule and kind of sticking to that schedule. Gotcha. Okay. So after your, So you failed out it twice. And then is that when you kind of came across our site and got our uh, review notes or whatever you purchased? Right. Because when I had failed audit the second time, I was averaging 85 on my, on the quizlets that I was doing. So Mm -hmm. I was, it was definitely came out of shock when I failed. Um, So then I just figured that I, maybe I needed to see this information in a completely different way outside of the way Wiley was presenting it. Okay. And so when I Googled what other candidates were doing, and that's when I came across super fast CPA. Okay. And then how did you use uh, our review notes in addition to Wiley? Were you just kind of reading them on the app throughout the day or, or how'd you use them? So I printed them out and I rewrote all of the notes oh, first wow. time around. And I rewrote them and I also summarized them in my own words and kind of explained it back to myself out loud to make sure that I really understood, you know, everything that was in the notes, essentially, because I felt like this is the SparkNotes version of the CPA. And I felt like if at the minimum I knew everything in the notes, I would have, you know, it would give me those few extra points that I needed to pass. Mm -hmm. Um, So I rewrote the notes first and I reviewed them and I just kind of taught them out loud to myself. And then I continue to do multiple choice questions. Yes. A lot of talking to myself in my office going on. Now, did you, uh, I, I laugh cause that's in one of our study hacks videos. Did you get that from there or did you just kind of do start doing that on your own? No, I actually got that from your video. I did watch the one hour study hack video before I purchased super fast gotcha. CPA. And so I, yeah, I, yeah. As, as I watched the video, I took some notes down and things that I was not doing in my study process mm-hmm. um, and implemented it. And they worked very well for audit. Nice. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's just something I started doing when I was studying. And 
I felt like that was just a huge difference maker and how well I could pay attention to, like, I would kind of do that when I would watch video lectures, when I did watch video lectures too, just kind of like mumble out loud with whatever the professor was saying. And then when I would write down my own flashcards, I would explain it back to myself out loud until I kind of understood it. And you just, Mm -hmm. you just mentioned that you kind of did that with the review notes. And I think that's a big thing is a lot of people kind of try to just memorize concepts or formulas and they just kind of memorize the words on the page or on Mm -hmm. the screen. But it's a big difference to take what you're seeing and put it in your own words to where you can kind of understand it and then make a flashcard or make notes on that in your own words. And it's just uh, much more effective. Yeah, I would agree. And I think saying it out loud is very effective because you kind of, I feel like when you say things in your head, you can just jumble it up and get past and you kind of fool yourself to thinking you know it. But then Mm. when you try to say it out loud and you cannot find the words to explain, then you're like, oh, wait a minute, I should go back and read this. Okay, maybe I don't understand. It's really a prompt when you say it out loud. A true test is if you know it or you don't know it. Yeah, no, that that is, that's a good point. If you can't, yeah, if you can't verbalize it back to yourself, then you probably don't understand it that well. Right. Cool. And then, uh, so then what happened with, what was kind of the process with FAR? You know, just go through the whole thing. Like you obviously probably studied similar similarly to the other three, but you still had issues with it. What do you think caused you know, the issues or what were your main struggles with FAR? And then what did you do the third time that was eventually made the difference? FAR was volume. I really just didn't know how to attack it because of the sheer volume of topics. Mm -hmm. Like reg, I felt like I can just, I was able to go through the software. And then by the time I was done going through all the lessons and I was ready to review, I still remembered a good amount of the information that I had learned as I was going through the software but far it's just so much information being thrown at you and then when I had um, gone back to study for far uh, the third time around I realized that Wiley just includes so many additional lessons that you really don't need like I know their goal is like constant reinforcement um, Uh of like the topics that you learned and kind of testing you as a go along but I felt like you know now that I had seen it several times and I was going back and doing my re-review, I felt like a lot of those topics were kind of, I don't want to say a waste of time, but, you know, just time consuming, you know, when you already crunch for time and they just kind of repetitive, like they have a lot of, okay, introduction to this topic. I don't need an introduction. Just tell me what I need to know so I can move forward. So, and when I went back and studied, I felt I skipped all those introduction topics. And I skipped a lot of their task-based, simula- task-based simulations. Okay. And I just focused on the content and kind of getting the gist of each topic. So you studied kind of the, what I always call the normal way as well. For FAR, you would watch the video lecture and then kind of work through the questions. Is that how you did it? Yes. And that was incredibly time consuming. And it's a little discouraging too, because it's like, you're doing the questions and you're like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not scoring too well on, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like, if you don't score well on a topic, it's like, okay, you can understand the next topic, but it just felt like 
as I was going through the software, kind of keeping track mentally of what I needed to go back to, felt like I needed to look at every single topic in depth. And so that was, that was discouraging. Um, so I think for financial, doing it the traditional way, I think is, is just inefficient and it, it's overwhelming. You know, yeah. you really feel yeah, like definitely. you're not, you really, it's so hard to feel like you're making headway. I had listened to one of your podcasts with, um, I forget his name, but he was an attorney. And oh, he was Richard, going, yeah. Yeah. And, and he was talking that like, for financial, it was difficult for him to bridge the gap. So he was learning and he felt like he understood, but when he took the questions, he wasn't performing correctly. Mm-hmm. Like he just wasn't performing well. And that's something that resonated with me because I felt like there was a big gap in that as well. And so when I studied in the time that I passed financial, I focused on bridging that gap and kind of finding out, understanding for myself, okay, where am I going wrong in terms of answering the question or why am I not really scoring well on these question sets? And so identifying that was helpful. Sometimes a lot of the times I was really just misreading the question and not applying, you know, just not really understanding what they're asking or answering the question too quickly Mm -hmm. and then getting the wrong answer. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's kind of the whole basis of, how I tell people to study is you go through the questions first and it is a huge time saver, but the biggest, biggest reason you're doing that is like you're saying, and like Richard was saying, you can watch the entire video lecture and then read the entire chapter and you kind of get the whole conceptual version, but then Mm -hmm. you still can go to the questions and have no idea how to actually answer the question. Yeah. And so going through the questions first, you get a really good idea of, okay, from this topic, these are, I mean, these are the questions I'm going to see. And these are kind of the patterns I'm seeing in these questions. And so these are the things that I need to know from this lesson. And then if you go through the lesson, it makes so much more sense because you have the context in terms of the questions, which on test day, you know, is what you have to do is answer the questions from that topic. Yeah. So did you, did you do any of that on the third time on FAR? I mean, did you just spend most of your time going through questions and trying to really understand them, like you said, or did you start from the beginning and watch the lectures again the third time? No. So I never went back into the software, into the lessons. When I did my retake, I just used, you know, notes or I would just read the book and kind of go by chapter just using the, the uh, test bank. Gotcha, yeah. So the third time, I emailed you actually, and I was telling you that, you know, I, I, this is what I was doing, and I was just not being successful in financial. Um, and I was very frustrated at that point. I was really just had no idea what else I could do because I really felt like that the second time I had an understanding of the concepts and I was performing fairly well on the questions but you know the cpa exam there's always surprises yeah and i had told you that i was doing multiple choice questions and reading your your notes and you know i was i got a response back from you i was a little disappointed in the response at first because your advice was very simple and i was kind of expecting like this epiphany (laughs) of advice to get me what what did i what did i say do you remember i i'm trying to pull up these emails right now but i'm we apparently sent back and forth quite a few, so I'm having a hard time finding this. 
Yeah, so you told me that just start work, do task-based simulations, or pull the most difficult simulations from your software, you know, work through them, you know, allot your time. And when you go through them, you go to, you know, why you got them wrong, explain it to yourself out loud. Okay. And so when, when I had finally passed, that was really just the only thing that I was doing differently compared to the other times. Um, also, when I passed, I was doing, so I did your full recommendation, you know, uh, you have a, um, a, a video that talks about how you should retake your exam, how much time in between and how you should study. Yeah. So I followed that and I was doing 30 question testlets and I was trying to stay, I was trying to stay within 30 minutes. Yep. Um, cause I was found, I found that I was very crunched for time when I actually took the exam. Mm -hmm. So when I was studying, I was trying to do all 30 questions within 30 minutes flat. And so I practiced that continuously. Um, and I would study in 50 minute increments and then take a 10 minute break and then nice. study 50 minutes again and kind of split my time that way. Yeah. Um, so I would do pretty much two testlets in the morning, two hours. And then for lunch, I would take an hour break and I would read for an hour or do a task-based simulation. And then at night I would do, you know, another two hours task-based simulation or an hour, depending how much time I had at the end. But for me, the task-based simulations gave me those extra points to actually pass. And I, had my doubts when I read your email yeah. and I wasn't sure if it was going to work, but I was like, you know what? I really have no other tricks up my sleeve. So I'm just going to try <laughs> to do this. So I started reviewing the test-based simulations, you know, cause I passed reg and BEC without ever looking at a simulation and yeah. audit to be honest, even though audit took me a couple of times. So I really wasn't convinced that simulations added any value, but in mm. this case, it, you know, I stand corrected. <laughs> it helped me out. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah, the far ones can be gnarly to say the least and uh it's exactly what I told you. I think the most helpful thing people can do is pull up some random you know, generate random sets of simulations just like you'd see on the exam and then any of them that you open up and you just kind of think, "Oh, I know how to do that." You can basically mm -hmm. skip. There's no point in spending time filling those out. You should find right. the hardest ones which means to you personally, you don't really know it or it's confusing or whatever. And you basically instantly submit it. So you see the answers. And then from there you start piecing it back together backwards and kind of breaking it into pieces, which you would then, and it, that was another question I had. Did you, uh, did you kind of make more traditional notes just on paper or did you make any flashcards of your own or, how did you, when you were going through simulations, like we're talking about, how did you kind of uh, try to remember those or take notes on them for the future? So I would do two things. I would write them out on a piece of paper and I would kind of um, just resolve the problem with using regular paper and pen. And mm -hmm. then I used an app called Quizlet and I would, you know, fill in the flashcards on Quizlet and then... Yeah. At night before I went to sleep, just laying in bed, I would just do um, like uh, quizzes. They'll give you like small quizzes to kind of test your knowledge. So yeah. I would just do those for a couple of minutes, um, maybe half an hour before I actually fell asleep. And so that was nice. helpful in reinforcing what I did for the day. Yeah, definitely. Were you doing those on our app or the Wiley app? The 
multiple choice the um the little quizzes when you oh oh you were using quizlet the app itself and you were just because you're saying you can do different modes from your own flashcards right yeah. So, well, what I was doing is it was testing you on the actual flashcard. So yeah, it would bring yeah. up a definition. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I was doing. I got towards you, yeah. the end. I was, I only did the five minutes um, quizzes. If I was like in route somewhere or I was, you know, um, like we travel quite a bit. So if I was flying or, or we were driving somewhere, then I would do the quizzes. But on the days that I was home, I felt like I got in a fair amount of multiple choice questions and I would aim Mm -hmm. for at a minimum 60, which I know probably not a lot, but sometimes it's just what your day allots for. And so I would just try and do the 60 and make sure I really understood those 60 multiple choice questions and then just spend the end of my day reviewing. Cause by the, by the end of the day, you're just too tired to really think through any multiple choice questions. Yeah. No, I, and that's, even just doing two sets of those 30 questions, that's much more effective than, than what most people do. I just feel like most people, when they don't really have otherwise a certain strategy they're trying to follow, if they're kind of doing lazy studying, they'll just mm-hmm. kind of watch a video lecture. And like we've covered, that's very low impact on your brain. It's very, uh, you don't really pull out much if that's kind of your primary study strategy. Yeah, so, I would yeah. agree. I think the 30, the 30 question Quizlet was helpful in just kind of getting an all encompassing view and also keeping an eye on your time. But I found yep. it was difficult to narrow down on the topics that I was struggling with. And so once I got to a point where I was able to do 30 questions consecutively in 30 minutes flat, then I started doing 10 question um, quizzes instead. And by doing those shorter quizzes, I was able to identify the topics that I was really struggling with. And so if I did, you know, three, 10 question quizzes and I was like, okay, you know, I, I see reoccurring government nonprofit and I feel like I'm missing this specific topic, then I would go back and read up on that topic. But I found for me that it was hard to pinpoint what I was struggling with in the 30 question quizzes. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that can happen. Definitely. I never worried much about, well, you know, with my whole story, I failed far the first time. Mm -hmm. And what I got back in my score report was, uh, yeah, it was like government and nonprofit that I had done really bad on. Mm -hmm. And I still, I didn't spend, um, I, I didn't spend a bunch of time on those things specifically. It was really the the constant re-review of everything because my first time on FAR, when I did fail, my last few weeks, I had spent all this time on what I thought were just the hardest topics, but that's like five topics out of 200 topics. And so I was, when I got in the exam, I was missing all these simple questions that I had only gone through once. And that's just where I got the idea of like, okay, you need to be constantly redoing questions from all topics so that you're not forgetting this easy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also helpful. It's encouraging to think of that too, because it's like, shoot, like I don't really understand these one or two really difficult topics. I'm never going to pass the test. And then, you know, you hear that and you're like, there's so many topics that they can ask on. Maybe I get five or six questions on this. I still have a pretty good chance of passing if I know the other topics. 
very well. So when I was struggling with the topic, I really thought back to that and that was encouraging for me at least. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I know your answer on this cause you kind of mentioned it, but when you, so when you, you mentioned that you were running out of time originally when you would uh, have a failing section and then working through the sets of 30 questions helped you kind of get to where you could average one minute per question. Was that kind of Mm -hmm. what you were aiming for in doing that? Yeah. 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 One minute or less. I mean, some questions you can answer in less than a minute, but the computation ones, I would, you know, the time that I saved on the easier ones, it gave me another 30 seconds or a minute to kind of answer the computation ones, which I know it doesn't sound like a lot of time, but after doing so many questions and sets, you kind of get into a rhythm and it's really not, it's not that far-fetched to get it done in 30 minutes. The actual exam, I finished both testlets in about an hour, 20 minutes. Nice. Yep. And that was kind of my next question. So on your third attempt, when you did pass, was your, uh, kind of time span and was that much faster than the previous two times? That's basically my question for your MCQs. Oh yeah, totally. I, the first time I took it, I went over two hours in the MCQs, um, Mm -hmm. just got hung up on little things and just thinking too much. And then, you know, you get, you start panicking. And so that left me very little time for the test-based simulation, which I think contributed to my demise. Um, (laughs) the first time I took it for sure. Um, when I had finally passed, I did go through the multiple choice questions. I had actually done a review course, um, with Becker. I bought this, this lady's class. She was very good. And, And one of the advice that she gave was go through your whole testlet and mark your questions. If you have time at the end of the testlet to go, you know, take a look at how many you mark. If you don't have time, just consider them a margin of error. You know, like if you marked five of those questions, it's really not worth going back and spending five, 10, maybe 15 minutes trying to figure out those five questions. It behooves you to just move on to the next testlet and save your time for questions that you do know, but you just need time to solve. Yeah. And that, that is, that is good advice. And uh, yes, marking questions through each testlet and before you start, you should have kind of these timelines mapped out. I mean, in general, that's the main thing that I tell people, obviously it's in those videos you watched. You want to get to where you can average one multiple choice question per minute. And at Mm -hmm. a bare minimum on test day, you want to be all done with MCQs by the halfway mark, if not sooner. But then while you're going through a testlet, you know, you can mark questions that you might want to look at a second time or that you flat out don't know, but then you only allow yourself maybe five or 10 minutes at the end of a testlet to go through your flagged questions. The worst thing you can do is get done and spend another half hour on like your five flagged questions or whatever, because that obviously ruins your time for simulations. So yeah, the, the timelines on test day is such a huge like you said, I mean, kind of sounds like that basically made the difference in your, your third uh, attempt. It did a hundred percent. Also because the task-based simulation, sometimes I would get there and I just really wouldn't understand what they were asking. Like I knew the topic, but I didn't really grasp what the question was asking or how to answer that. And Mm -hmm. so I needed a couple of minutes just to kind of think critically about what they wanted to answer, what they wanted, what they were asking. 
and how I was going to solve it. And, you know, when you have no time, you just start kind of stressing out for time and then you can't think clearly. And then you just kind of guess and move on and it just becomes a big cluster. So when I had passed, I had, you know, about a little uh, over two hours, a little over two and a half hours to do the task-based simulation, which was great because I got there and I could think about the questions and, you know, just kind of click around and take my time and understand what they wanted answered and how I would solve it. I was able to double check my work, which I couldn't do the previous two times. And I submitted the exam. I had, I think, 15 minutes left when I submitted the exam. I almost wanted to just sit there because I was like, I earned this time. (laughs) I'm going to do the full four hours. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I having time to go through the test-based simulation made all the difference for me. I, the second time I took it when I didn't pass, I left two hours for the simulations and that was not enough for me. So leaving over two and a half hours was plenty. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said just about like, uh, behaviorally, or I guess maybe emotionally, like if you have so much time left that panic never sets in, that Mm -hmm. alone is just a big advantage. Yes, absolutely. And especially keeping yourself calm during the exam is when you're running out of time is very tricky. It's very, I was never able to do so. I felt like I wasted a lot of time just trying to be calm so you can think clearly. I don't know who can panic and think clearly, but I'm not one of those people. Right. That was also something that I kept in mind going into uh, the exam when I had finally passed it. Um, I read a lot of blogs and I remember someone had wrote to take the exams quickly you know, like, don't get bogged down, just run through it. And, you know, I actually took reg and BEC quickly when I, and I had passed them, no problem. I don't know why I didn't implement that on FAR. I guess I was just very intimidated by the exam altogether. I felt like I needed to kind of take my time and think things through, but that's not true. (laughs) Just go for it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, there, there is, it's, it is, it's just about moving through everything because you don't know, especially now that the simulations are broken up into smaller testlets, you don't know mm-hmm. what's waiting for you in the next testlet that might take an hour or so it is. You want to you wanna get to the end for sure, basically as fast as you can. Um, what was your process? What did you kind of do in the last week before an exam or the last few days? Like what was your, what was your final review strategy? So I picked a couple of topics that I was not sure about and I felt were my weakest topics and I just drilled multiple choice questions. And I tried not to stress too much about the grade that I was getting on the quizzes. And I just tried to focus on, you know, why I was getting the question wrong. Was I reading the question stem incorrectly? Was I not understanding, you know, the information in the question? And then also just understanding if I did, if I couldn't quite understand the topic, then at least I was trying to pinpoint what information I just needed to pick out of the question and plug into what equation to give me the best chance of answering. So not necessarily understanding, uh, but some topics I would just be like, okay, well, I don't understand why we're using this number, but I know where to plug this number. Yeah. And so I try to get to at least that comfort level and the topics that I was struggling with. I know I spent one day just on government and nonprofit um, because I felt like in the first 
well, I mean, you're not supposed to say what you saw on the exam, but I think it's universal. We see a lot of these questions. Right. Um, and I didn't want to lose those points because I felt like that was easy topic. So I did spend one day just drilling those questions until I did all of them in the software or the majority at least. Um, but that last week was just kind of focusing on my weak points just to try and, you know, just tighten up and clean up as much as possible, any loose ends. And did you use your, uh, your flashcards and Quizlet that you had made? Did you kind of go through those quite a bit in the last couple of days? Yep. So I would still, I still kept pretty consistent with the study method that I was going through earlier. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, get up early, do two um, quizzes. I would still study 50 minute increments, 10 minute breaks between each uh, study session. And then I would multiple choice questions and I would read and do the quizzes. But I think the difference in that last week was just more focused studying. So I would try and pull topics that I wasn't sure about. And I would generate like a 30 question quiz just on that topic. Sometimes I would just generate a 50 question quiz on that topic alone and just go through every single question. And I noticed that by the time I got to the like 30 or 35th question, I could sense a pattern in how they were asking the question and what information was relevant in this topic. So that was really helpful. Yes. And that is a, that is a very good tip. Um, Cause I'm assuming you're, you're basically saying that you would generate 30 or 50 questions just from all government or all nonprofit. Yep. Right. Yeah. And instead of like real specific lessons, just kind of the general, because I, I, like I said earlier, I claimed that I didn't do specific topic review, but I actually, I did do some of exactly what you're talking about. I would generate larger uh, quizzes from broad topics. Anyways, that that is a good tip. Yes. Because you do start to see a pattern and you get a really good idea of, okay, the questions from this, this is, it's really these four or five different types of questions. It seemed like usually you reminded me of a, like a test day thing. If I saw a question, one of the things that I tried to tell myself is, okay, if I don't know it, when you look at a question, you know that you either know it or you don't, but a lot of people tend to think, okay, maybe this will like come to me. And that's when they'll spend five or 10 minutes on one question so going along with that idea, I tried to be very strict with myself. If I flat out did not know a question on test day, I would flag it, but I would not look at it for more than like 10 seconds. And right. uh, there's not, you know, if you study like you're supposed to, there's not going to be that many that you for sure hundred percent have no idea how to answer. You can usually tr- attempt to try and answer anything, but yeah, that is, that's a good tip, both for, I guess, the study process, but also on test day, that same idea. Yeah, I would agree. And also when you do it that way on, on test day, when you're done with your testlet and you look back and you only have two or three questions flagged, it doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> then Correct. when you first take, you know, and you're in your first set of, te- your first set of questions and like, say you go through the first 10 and you, you mark three, but maybe the, the last 20, it's no problem for you, you know, so... It, by flagging it, it also gives you a chance to kind of gauge where you're at once you're done with the Tesla. And if it's even worth your time to go back and look at those questions another couple of minutes. 
That's true. Yeah. If you've only flagged two or three, then that the extra time that that gives you to just leave them behind is worth more than trying to answer the ones you don't know. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. When I passed, I definitely left four questions behind on the first Tesla. I did go back in the second Tesla because I, I realized I had a lot of time and look back at the couple of questions that I had flagged in my second set of multiple choice, but I didn't spend more than five, 10 minutes on them. Yeah, that's, that all makes sense. Well, we kind of went through all the questions I have. Is there any, anything else you wanted to mention or any final tips you would give people that are currently studying? I would tell them, you know, just don't get discouraged and really don't focus so much on the score that you're getting with your software. There are so many people who get, you know, who are scoring very well and they don't pass and there are others who are scoring very bad and they still get a passing score. I don't think the score is important. I think, and I don't think the number of questions you do is necessarily important either. You know, just focus on the content. If you do, you know, if you're only able to get to 30 questions in a day because you're busy, just make sure you're able to pull, a, you know, a handful of concepts from that question set. And if you even understand one concept or you understand one or two things just a little bit better as a result of those 30 or handful of questions that you were able to get through, then consider that a productive study session. And, you know, just don't get down on yourself because you read about people who are like, oh, I do like 200 questions a day. And, you know, some people just realistically don't have time for that. And it's okay if you don't just move at your own pace and stick to your schedule and you'll be successful. Yeah. And, and I think the key thing that you kind of said was kind of the turning point for you or kind of the difference maker was kind of implementing that method of making sure you were understanding something. And instead of, again, just going through the motions of watching a lecture, going through practice questions, you kind of made a big shift when you started explaining things back to yourself to make sure that you understood them. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think I read your notes quite a bit um, leading up to that exam. And I, I you divided the number of pages by the days I had, in a, by seven days so that mm -hmm. I could make sure I read, had read the notes at least three, four times before I took the exam. And so I aimed to read the, that number of pages every day. And I would do that at the end of the day because I felt like reading was a little easier than doing multiple choice questions. Yeah. yeah. Low impact. Yeah. And that is, I mean, I don't know, not to like brag about our review notes or anything, but I do tell people to do that as part of like the last few days is go through your own flashcards that you've made, but also try to read our review notes on whatever section it is. Just like you yeah. said, like three or four times. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're being humble, but they're definitely brag worthy and they're very helpful especially to avoid going back into that software because it's just intimidating having to go through all the lessons. You kind of get, you know, everything you need to know in a night, you know, neat little packet for you. So. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And through these interviews, more people said that than I, well, that's never been part of the main session that I've kind of told people how to study, but a lot of people would say I would read the review notes first and then jump into the main lesson and it made the main lesson much easier to understand. Um, right. I mean, I don't know if you did that specifically, but 
that's just kind of, yeah, along the lines of what you're saying is they are just a really good summary. They just, it's easy to get a big picture understanding of whatever lesson you're about to jump into. And then at the end, for that same reason, they're just a really good succinct review of everything. They are. And also in your last week or two of review, you know, you don't want to have to go in and, and look. The Wiley book for financial is very thick. <clears throat> right. And so here you can just kind of read the notes and get the overall gist of every lesson. And it's a lot more feasible to re- read your notes in a week than it is to read that Wiley book. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that is exactly yeah why we've made them the way they are. So All right. Well, yeah, I appreciate you doing this interview and I'm glad that our tools, you know, helped along the way and uh, congrats on being done. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. I hope um, hope people find value in this. I found, I listened to a few of the podcasts and I felt, I found a lot of value. So just wanted to give back and share some of the things that helped me along the way. Oh yeah, definitely. This, this will be a very, uh, yeah, this, this was a great one. It's just, got very granular and just provided a lot of also kind of big picture ideas that I just feel like a lot of people don't realize as they're going through the process. There's a lot of people out there that just spend hours, like they're putting in the time, they're disciplined, but they're just missing some like key pieces that would really yield much better results from like the time they're spending. So yeah, that's why I think these interviews have been really helpful. So anyways, yeah, I appreciate you being on here and uh, yeah, thank you for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. So that was the interview with Sala. Hopefully you listened to that whole thing. And if you did, I'm sure you found it extremely helpful and informative. Again, to, to reiterate some of the main points that she made, I think when she made the shift to really making sure that she understood something by explaining it back to herself out loud and gauging, okay, if I have to, can I explain this to myself and it makes sense? That's a lot different than reading an explanation, you know, on the screen and just thinking, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Those are two very different things. And so that was a big shift in when she started doing better with audit and FAR. And then the other big thing was when she started focusing on getting faster or getting good at answering multiple choice questions, it just does so many things for you. It helps with the time management on test day, which is crucial, as you heard her explain. But it also, if you're going to spend that much time to where you do get good at answering multiple choice questions, it means you've spent a lot of time with the material in question format, which, again, that is what you're going to be doing on test day. It's very different to think you know the material from a conceptual point of view, you know, you could memorize the video lecture or memorize the chapter, but if you never actually work the practice questions, you would still go in and fail on exam day because the questions are the application of the knowledge of the conceptual side of understanding the topics. So the practical side or the application side is a very different thing. So that was another big turning point in her study process. So if you have found this helpful, I would just ask that you do two things. Number one, share this with a friend or a colleague that's also working on their CPA exams. Again, I think that these interviews, these are some of the most helpful things anywhere online that a CPA candidate can listen to 
or use to improve their own study process because, you know, everyone will go through a process of kind of banging their head against the wall before they really start to figure out how the process works. And so these interviews are with people who have gone through that process and you hear it in a bunch of different ways, but you also kind of get the big picture of, okay, a successful study process contains this element and this element. They all do this, I've noticed. There are just, there's a lot of things you can pick up from listening to these interviews. So the second thing would be if you have found these interviews helpful, please look up the podcast on iTunes or the Apple podcast app and just leave a rating and a review. That's very helpful. That's a free way to support this free side of content that takes us a lot of time to record and edit and produce. But again, it's one of the most helpful resources anywhere that is completely free. So thank you for listening and I will see you on the next episode.